My fellow Americans, are you tired of the new normal? Are you tired of the lies? Election fraud. You know the thing that the mainstream media and big tech says doesn't exist? It is time to end it. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Many of you are sitting here because you're wanting to know what the plan is. This has to be peaceful. We have the right to peacefully assemble. The solution has been in front of us all along. Ask God if you should step into the gap and become a part of the plan. The plan is simple. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are the plan. If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. We are Conservative Daily. Welcome back, everybody. It is a Thursday, and my goodness, it is cold here in Denver. Uh, I actually had to consider wearing a jacket today. Ah, but... It's a glorious morning, and my goodness, we have so many things to be thankful for, including how absolutely ridiculous the mainstream media is being now. Uh, we will... Uh, Joe should be on momentarily. He's remote, and uh, he's trying to figure out his connection, uh, but hopefully he'll be joining us soon. But, oh my goodness, thank you, thank you, Lord, for giving us such an absolute spectacle that we get to uh, <laughs> we get to revel in. If any of you guys didn't know, Fetterman truly is a fit candidate for office. His debate with Oz did not, in fact, sway any voters whatsoever that he is a an incompetent walking sack of potatoes. So we should all be grateful that we have a man like John Fetterman running for for Senate, right? No. Let's let's just start it right off, shall we? <laughs> Surprises rock the Senate races that will decide America's future. I just you guys have to pay attention. Look at how the mainstream media uh, presents this presents this entire guy. Late twists are rocking the quote tight Senate races that will decide the destiny of a chamber now narrowly run by Democrats as well as the future direction of America itself, on Election Day in just 12 days. Yes, 12 days from the election that, in a free and fair world, would see no Democrat walking through any hall in this country. But the Democrats' best chance of snatching a Senate seat helped by Republicans may have been further complicated by John Fetterman's shaky debate performance in Pennsylvania Tuesday night which raised more questions about the stroke survivor's fitness to serve. That same question, albeit from different circumstances, is again swirling around Georgia Senate candidate from uh, <laughs> Republican nominee Herschel Walker after an unnamed woman claimed at a press conference Wednesday that he pressured her to have an abortion in 1993. The college football icon branded the accusation a lie, but after facing similar accusations by a former girlfriend, it's opened him up to more charges of hypocrisy since he has been 
uh, since he has before called for a national ban on abortion with no exceptions. But let's go back to Fetterman. Even after suffering a stroke in May, Fetterman had the momentum for much of the summer over celebrity surgeon Mehmet Oz, but the race has tightened. You guys, I want, please tell me, some of you, someone tell me in the comments if you believe that the race has tightened after the debate, some of which we played yesterday, much of which is floating all over the internet, more of which we're going to play for you today. But please, guys, tell me. I'm eager to hear what you think. How tight the race between Oz and Fetterman has just become. Because CNN seems to think that it, this is really a, uh, this is a tight affair now. This is, this is just neck and neck, right? Just like they want us all to believe with these fools. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> let's go on. The Democrats struggled to articulate his positions and deliver attacks on his rival in Tuesday night's debate caused reverberations of concern in Washington. Fetterman warned he has, that he is still dealing with auditory and linguistic effects from his stroke, but his struggle at times to find the right words on the debate stage was painful to watch. And yeah, it really was. Several times he seemed to lose his train of thought in repeated phrases. Quote, to be honest, doing that debate wasn't easy, he said. Fetterman told supporters at a rally Wednesday night. The question now is whether undecided voters will wonder whether he is well enough to go to the Senate. Even if his doctors say he is getting better all the time. And, you know, again, I really do wish this guy well. I hope he recovers. I don't agree with his uh, the way that he's lived his life or with his politics, clearly. Nor do I believe that... He has any uh, slight clue what he's actually doing. Uh, that was before the stroke. But, I mean, come on. He's recovering all the time. Maybe that's true. We're going to hear from his doctor at one point, or from a doctor. Um, but again, how sick are these Democrats pushing all of this stuff? This, this entire, uh, you know... This entire little narrative we're going to show you that the mainstream media is shoving down your throat, it shows you exactly what they actually stand for, which is they do not care who actually serves as long as they are subservient to them, and they don't care what you think. My God, what? how little respect must they have for the American voters to keep running this guy and to keep up this narrative? It, and it gets worse. Ugh. But... It's possible partisan lines are so cemented by this point. His performance will not matter. They actually want you to think that. That his performance will not matter. Did not matter. Will not matter still going forward as people continue to watch that absolute train wreck. Still, more than 600,000 Pennsylvanians have already cast votes in the race and Fetterman's debate showing effectively a job interview came at a moment when voters are making up their minds all the time, more than a week from Election Day. If he loses, his campaign will face questions over whether he erred in agreeing to debate Oz. What choice should you have? Are you kidding me? Whether he made a mistake agreeing to debate Oz? That's kind of the basic litmus test. If you can't do that, and it was if it was a mistake to debate Oz, you know, that's a that's a fair percentage of the consideration in and of itself. If you can't debate Oz, 
and your campaign has to ask you whether it was a mistake to debate Oz, you know, as you're being supplied with equipment to be able to understand English. I mean, come on. Again, I don't I hope I hope the guy recovers. I really do. I hope he goes on and gets to parade around in sweatshirts like he's a man of the people for years to come. But you don't have any business being in debate and you don't have any business being in Senate. One woman, however, in the Republican town, Jan Welsh, said the Democrats' performance was embarrassing. Well done. Well said. Thank you, Jan. And that Pennsylvania would be in deep trouble if it voted for him. Well done, Jan. But such comments also raise the question of how much Fetterman's ongoing recovery would really affect his job in the Senate. A chamber known to have its fair share of elderly and ailing lawmakers. All right, guys. So cue up. It doesn't matter if you can understand English. It doesn't matter if you can understand what people are saying. It doesn't matter if you can articulate English by your own spoken word. It does not, does not really matter whether or not you can figure out what people are saying. Maybe in a complicated debate involving people testifying on the Senate floor, voting for bills. Oh, I don't know. Things that would happen in the Senate. It doesn't matter, though, because... The Senate is, fair, is full of elderly people, ailing mar- lawmakers, which is kind of funny because all of them, I think, would do much better on cognitive tests than he would. Maybe not all of them. Plus, it's not as if a single senator has the power of a president, for example, who has to make and explain critical national security decisions. Then there is also the question of whether Fetter- Fetterman is being unfairly treated for what is, in essence, at this stage, a disability in a discriminatory way that may not be tolerated in another workplace. Okay, so number one, sure, he doesn't have the power of a president. That, in and of itself, has gotten rather murky over the last few presidencies. But that's not the point, because they're looking, you know, Everything that we've been we've been seeing is because they've been stealing all these votes, and then how many how many of these things pass by these narrow margins? Look at the margins that they have right now in the House. Look at the Senate; they're terrified because they only have a few seats to lose, and then the Republicans are going to have everything. They're going to sweep these people, so they are so desperate that they will try and convince you that this guy, that this dude, this poor man. Needs to be in the Senate, and that if we question his ability to think and speak, that we are bigoted, and we are discriminating him for his disability that may not be tolerated in another workplace. What other workplace? Like a like a, a, a subway? Is that the standard now that that we should have for for Senate candidates? Like, oh well, you know, he couldn't debate Mehmet Oz, but. I think he'd still make a good manager of identities. We shouldn't discriminate against him. What these people are insane. And by the way, it is snowing here in uh right now I can see out the window, so uh make sure you go support Mike Lindell. Use promo code C D twenty one, that's Charlie Delta twenty one. And get some my pills, get some slippers. Uh so many other things that you can get. And the winter is coming. I believe this is a brand new slipper commercial. I'm going to play this real quick. Uh, but get some gifts for your 
Father, Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever is coming up. Uh, Joe got some, so thank you for sending those to Joe. He was very excited. Uh, so we'll be right back. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my original My Slippers are back in stock. You've made them a huge success, and now I've added smaller sizes, larger sizes, wide sizes, and all new colors. And with your promo code, you still save $90 a pair. Not only that, I'm having the biggest closeout sale ever on our sandals and slides for as low as $19.98. What makes my slippers different is my exclusive four-layer design that you're not going to find in any other slippers. My slippers' patented layers make them ultra-comfortable, extremely durable, and they help reduce stress on your feet. Wear them anytime, anywhere. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code to save $90 on my original My Slippers, or for as low as $19.98, you can get our sandals or slides. Quantities won't last long, and with my 60-day money-back guarantee, you can rest assured they'll be the most comfortable footwear you'll ever own. And that's promo code CD21 or Charlie Delta 21, Charlie David 21, as Joe says. I'm going to be wearing my slippers a lot in the studio pretty soon because it's cold in Denver. Okay, uh, moving on. So remember, you're all ableist bigots. You evil Republicans jumping back from, uh, I need a little bit of, of Mike Lindell to raise my mood. Plus, it's not as if a single president, a single senator is the power of president. Okay, cool. Discriminating. That would not be tolerated in another workplace, such as Denny's or Subway or I guess, you know, anywhere else in the DNC. I mean, they let Ocasio-Cortez in, so. Fetterman badly needs to change the subject. Oz gave him some material to work with on Tuesday night, and Fetterman quickly released an attack ad based on Republicans' comment that local political leaders should have a say alongside women and doctors and whether someone should get an abortion. Played directly into Democrat efforts to portray Oz and his fellow Republicans as too extreme for crucial suburban voters. Crucial suburban voters. You know, the ones most close, in many cases, to the fraud that robs them of having a voice in any of the these elections in the first place. But New York Times, let's see how this narrative unfolds, everyone. Fetterman versus is not really Fetterman versus. Well, then what is it? An excellent question. Thanks for asking, audience. So, how many of you watched the Pennsylvania Senate debate, says Gail Collins, opinion columnist, because you want to back the most articulate candidate. The whole country was wondering how well John Fetterman was doing given his auditory processing issues. Well, I don't know that the whole country was really on the edge of their seat wondering, but I'm sure there was a fair number. Some some just for comedic relief. Uh, others because, you know, they actually are trying to see what's going on. Many, I think, who now change their votes, but not according to the media. He can get his thoughts across, but there aren't going to be any oratory prizes in the immediate future. Okay, that is a well-written statement. Thanks, Gail. Although questionable on the first, uh, on the first half, he can get his thoughts across. Because let's ask ourselves, guys, can he really? Can he really get his thoughts across? If one of those had been given out on Tuesday night, Ahmed Oz, the Republican candidate, would have won. Big shock, right? The former television talk show star was more articulate than the guy who had a stroke. 
Thank you for stating the very painfully obvious. But deep down, nothing made much difference. Here we go, guys. Here's what they want you to believe. But deep down, nothing made much difference. Most viewers knew who they were going to support before the debate began. Hundreds of thousands of them had already voted. Makes total sense. See, they just tell you, tell you, make total sense. Let's translate this, shall we? How about we translate this? Let's translate this from Mockingbird language, because if you pay attention, this opinion article, as, as is most of the news that you see nowadays, is not actually written in colloquial English. It's written in deep state Mockingbird-ish. So how many of you watched the Senate debate? We already know you're thinking it. Hi, we are the deep state. We already know that you're seeing this, you know, cluster funk. That was not a swear word. The whole country was wondering how well he was doing. We know that everyone is laughing at him. Translation. He can't get his, he can get his thoughts across. Translation. Please accept this idea into your brain that he is capable of doing anything in public office. If one of those... <laughs> The former television talk show star was more articulate than the guy who had a stroke. We're trying to pretend we don't think you're stupid. Next. But deep down, nothing made much difference. Most viewers knew who they were going to support before the debate began. Translation. Deep down, nothing you think actually matters because we choose the candidates and we don't care who they are as long as they're ours. Hundreds of thousands of them had already voted. Translation, we're already cheating, so you need to believe that hundreds of thousands of people voted for a vegetable. Makes total sense. Translation, it doesn't make sense. Please think that. The most important thing about this election by far is that it could decide who will control the Senate. Translation, that one really doesn't need much translating. <laughs> there, the big votes are almost always divided by party. Be honest. Were you really surprised Fetterman was the one who wants to raise the federal minimum wage to $15? Or that Oz is the one who would protect the filibuster? No, we weren't. What we're surprised about is that you want the American people to think that's what actually matters. Because translation here is, pay attention to the issues. The only thing that matters is, is which party they are. It doesn't matter if they're capable of forming two sentences. I mean, one sentence said this guy, and there it is, punchline. At this point, party is all that matters. Still, there we were trying to judge how the guys performed. On occasion, it was a little hard to tell whether Federman's answers constituted normal political evasion or stroke-induced confusion. A problem we probably shouldn't have in a debate for a Senate candidate. Two weeks before a midterm. For instance, I mean, just listen to that line again, guys. It was hard to tell whether Fetterman's answers constituted normal political evasion, at least they tell you that they're full of, you know, full of caca, or stroke-induced confusion. It was hard to tell. He once said he'd never support the very lucrative fracking industry, which made Pennsylvania's, uh, Pennsylvania workers love and virtually all Pennsylvania environmentalists hate. Then he changed his mind. Tuesday, he said, I do support fracking, and I don't. I don't. I support fracking, and I stand, and I do, 
support fracking. That was an actual quote. We played that for you yesterday. We'll very likely have to play that for you again. Let me know, guys, if everything is good on uh, on Rumble. Uh, thank you for saying it out loud. Uh, Riffology. Very, very good. It seems like Rumble is good. We had a question when we got started, so let me know if you guys are having any issues. I forgot to double check, so I just wanted to do that too far before we go on. But let's go back to it. On Tuesday, he said this ridiculous thing. I mean, man, he should just he should just replace Biden right now. Uh, maybe he can do stairs better. That was it. And a very good example of how the repercussions from a stroke could make it much more difficult for a politician to achieve classic dodge and switcheroo. Oh, so is this a good thing? Perhaps this is a good thing, you guys. He's so stroked out that he can't be dishonest. What? Unfortunately, given Fetterman's trouble with quick repartee, he didn't throw in a reminder of his opponent's very quick metamorphosis into a Pennsylvania resident, or more than a quick jab about how Oz, who doesn't seem worried about the minimum wage, is the guy with ten gigantic mansions. <laughs> you know what? And again, I don't necessarily think Oz is a wonder candidate because he's not. Uh, I mean, you know, Oz is probably, I mean, this guy's like establishment. This guy's deep state. I don't trust Oz. I mean, you look at this guy's connections. I definitely don't trust Oz. But looking at the debate, do you want, you know, Oz, history of celebrity, TV star, can form sentences, can actually debate, can form sentences, can understand English, uh, or the guy who's been basically unemployed for his entire life and walks around in a hoodie to pretend that he's, like, on your level, bro, and needs a teleprompter and says things like, I do support fracking, and I don't. I support fracking. I stand and I do support. I mean, come on. They want you to actually believe that people support this dude. So Tucker had a phenomenal uh, clip about this last night, and it truly is absolutely spectacular. You want to know why party matters? Let's listen to Tucker, and I was kind of fist pumping during this one. Kamala Harris went on a tirade, not about inflation or housing prices or fentanyl deaths or the border or the looming nuclear war with Russia, but about the thing that matters most to her and all of them, which is abortion. Watch this. Laws that are being proposed that would punish women who dare to exercise self-determination and make decisions about what they know to be in their best self-interest because apparently <laughs> there are some, I call them extremist so-called leaders. This, this is Miss Shut Up and Get Vaccinated. Ari, oh my goodness, let's go on. Who have decided they're in a better position than she is to make decisions about what's in her best interest. How dare they, I think. How dare they? Can you just, is the irony here not palpable, you guys? How, how dare, wait, 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 wait. Here's Kamala Harris right now. How dare you? How dare they? Let's back that up position than she is to make decisions about what's in her best interest how dare, how dare you i think that we need to take back the flag on this issue this is about freedom and liberty 
Oh, it's about freedom of liberty, says the childless middle-aged lady who forced women across the country out of their jobs because they wouldn't take the vaccine that she was pushing on them. Suddenly it's their body, their choice again, right? Barack Obama cut an ad for John Fetterman just a few days ago. He's not ashamed to do that. His argument, of course, abortion again. Watch. In Pennsylvania, you've got some important choices to make this year, including who represents you in the U.S. Senate. That's why I'm asking <laughs> you to vote for John Fetterman this election day, November 8th. So when the fate of our democracy and a woman's right to choose are on the line, <laughs> I know John will fight for Pennsylvanians. You can count on John Fetterman. To finish his sentence? Make sure he can count on you. So it all goes back to that one issue. It always does. Why is that? We're not exactly sure, but it's hard not to notice that it does. But there's something bigger going on here. Fetterman's candidacy, like Joe Biden's candidacy two years ago, tells us something pretty dark about the Democratic Party. What it tells us is the Democratic Party has such contempt for voters and for democracy itself and so much confidence in its ownership of the media and of big tech that it no longer has to try to win your votes. Democrats can run Raphael Warnock, an aggressively anti-Christian, fake Christian pastor whose wife detailed abuse allegations against him on camera, and that's okay. It's still good enough for a Senate seat in Georgia because the machine keeps working. It's not about the person, it's about the party. It's not about the individual, it's about the group. And to prove it, they can even run mentally defective candidates who can barely speak and not only expect them to win, but expect you to accept the outcome no matter how transparently absurd it is. On November 9th, they'll be telling you that John Fetterman got 81 million votes in Pennsylvania and they'll threaten to put you in jail if you don't believe it. Why wouldn't they do that? They work with Joe Biden. <laughs> got him! Well said, Tucker. <laughs> well, well... <laughs> 81 million votes. I would love to. Please, please, Lord, let me see 81 million votes for uh, for John Fetterman. Please. <laughs> Make my day. Oh, but no, the gaslighting continues. It goes on. Because, again, if you do disagree with John Fetterman or the fact that he's fit for Senate, you're an ableist bigot. And I love the I love the ableist now. Ableist. Ableist. Oh, you're just a bunch of ableist bigots. Like they have nothing else now. And it's getting so so over the top. I mean, this is the same thing that they wanted to say for BLM. This is the same thing that ironically they said for Joe Biden, the old white man who destroyed the lives of minorities. But hey, uh, we're in the Twilight Zone. And in fact, I put that as the thumbnail if you guys see it on the site. Does this not feel like the world we're living in right now? If you guys aren't familiar with this Twilight Zone episode, I'm going to have to play some of this episode at one point. Uh, this woman ends up in the hospital and they're, you know, she's hideous. She's this hideous woman. And it's just like this regular, normal human with this beautiful uh, woman. But everyone else looks like this. And she truly believes that she's ugly. And so they have her bandaged up. They're going to try and they're trying to help this poor woman in the hospital. And everyone just looks like that because this is, this is truly what they want us to, uh, this is the reality they want us to accept that these people, because this is really what these, these clowns look like to us. Uh, Fetterman, for example, and I'm not making a, 
I'm not making a, a bigoted slant at his, at his physical appearance, although he does look like a vegetable. Uh, these people go on and they destroy themselves in debates, and then these people, these clowns, get up on TV and tell you that we need to send $100 billion to Ukraine. Huh. We need to, we need to change the the way that we produce energy and and cars are evil and the economy is really really good and Fetterman's a great candidate and you're a bigot if you don't believe that. The vaccines are working. They say that, and this is what they look like to all of us. They look like these 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 weird. I mean. <sighs> They look like like walking clown shows. I don't know. I don't know what to say about them. But they want us, us just normal people, going. No, I don't know that I believe that. Perhaps party isn't all that there is. And again, Tucker's statements about that are really on point. Because think about how confident, how much control they would have to have to even attempt something like this. Some guy like Fetterman goes up and can't even. He can't form sentences. He cannot speak. And this is, sadly, only a further departure from a rather embarrassing display that he had prior to his stroke. I mean, the guy was, was a joke before that. And now he's just a sad, a sad joke because they're parading this guy around like people are going to support this. Think about how much control they must have and how confident they must have in their ability to control the outcome and sway opinion and how much disregard they have for our intelligence and... Anything about our lives. Because are there some people who are going to buy this? Sure. There's that small percentage. We sometimes call them uh, returds on this show. As the uh, you know bird craps and then eats it and then returds it. Um, because there are some people who are truly so brainwashed that it, they, they seem to just eat up anything the media says to them. And I pray for those people and I feel bad for those people. But the majority of us know that something's wrong. There's no way that people can accept this. And they came out with a poll the day after and said that he's leading. So here's the, here's the narrative continuing to spiral into whatever hell they wish us to accept. How people with disabilities saw Fetterman's debate performance. <laughs> Pay attention to the title real quick. How people with disabilities, people with disabilities saw Fetterman's debate performance. One in four Americans has a disability, but disabled politicians are rarely on the national debate stage. No kidding. That made John Fetterman, well, I mean, we have Joe Biden. Uh, you could technically, I think, consider AOC mentally, uh, mentally disabled, but... Maybe that was a maybe that was ableist of me. Um, Fetterman's <laughs> that made John Fetterman's appearance in a powerful moment, but public reactions were painful. Uh, public reactions were painful because his display was so painful. It was painful to watch. Like it's like watching a blooper reel of someone trying an Olympic feat and like the javelin snaps and hits him in the mouth. You know they fall off a climbing wall and get stuck, and then their their pants fall down. Like that's how painful it was. So yes, the public reactions were painful because it was painful to watch a Senate candidate like that. For many Americans with disabilities who watched the Senate debate in Pennsylvania on Tuesday, Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman's performance against Oz was both a sign of how far they had come in political representation and a painful reminder of how far they have left to go. A political representation 
a sign of how far they had come in political representation. Are you kidding me? Is that like how KJP's position, her presence as the White House press secretary, is that that's a sign of how far they've come? No, she's an embarrassment. She's an absolute embarrassment. You've got to be kidding me. On one, see the cue the, I'm going to do the deep state speak for you. Was a sign of how far they'd come and a painful reminder of how far they'd left to go. The, the, this is the cue up. So the translation is start to feel bad. You must feel sympathy. Let your common sense go. Be driven by emotion, please. One, uh, on one hand, Mr. Fetterman, the Democratic nominee, was in a nationally watched debate months after a stroke left him with an auditory processing disorder speaking openly about his disability. A remarkable moment for people who have felt pressure to hide their own and who rarely see people like themselves in politics. On the other hand, much of the coverage of the debate focused on Mr. Fetterman's verbal stumbles. Because he's a Senate candidate! No one cares if, if he has a disability. Good luck to the dude. I hope he... Comes around and sees some truth. Maybe he'll, uh, you know, start working hard further in his life. I really wish the guy well. It's not about that. Pay attention to the blue highlighted text. I'll make sure to translate. To see how quick people were to say he shouldn't have been on that stage tonight. I don't think he can do this. It's yet another reminder of how the world views disabled people. Translation. To see how quick people were to say... My God, common sense and my own eyes and ears clearly show me this guy is unfit to serve in the Senate and has no chance in hell next to Oz. He was clearly outclassed. Continuing on. It's yet another reminder of how the world views disabled people. No, it's, it's a reminder of how the world feels when you try to shove a completely incompetent man down the throats of American voters to serve in one of the highest offices in our country. Who will control the direction of our nation? Said Maria Town, president of the American Association of People with Disabilities. Okay, is Maria Town disabled? I wonder. So, Maria Town, the president of the American Association of People with Disabilities, says this. She says, it really does show me how much we use speech to perceive competence and competence, and we really shouldn't. Should we not? To perceive competence, how much we use speech to perceive competence and confidence. Yeah, that that's one of the, yes, yep. That's one of the most basic ways that we can ascertain someone's competence and confidence is how well they speak, how articulate they are, particularly when they're going to be in charge of, uh, of the, the direction of the country, of declaring war, possibly. A very interesting time to enter into this conversation as we are at previously unprecedented levels of tension with Russia. Now we have North Korea. We, I mean, come on. The, everything that we've seen over the last few months, just the last few weeks, we seem to be on the verge of, of actual war. And they want us to say that the people who could declare war, you know, actually declare war, not the president by executive order or just by doing it, um... You're saying that we should not care about this? That we should not use speech? Their ability to speak and articulate? We should not use this as a metric? No problem, guys. 
This episode of Conservative Daily is brought to you by DCF Guns. They're not just a supporter and a partner of the show. They're an organization that is on the front line of promoting safe and responsible gun ownership. Along with being a staunch defender of the Second Amendment, they have a lot of different things inside of their three ranges and stores. So they have a gunsmith at every location. They have the ability to do massive amounts of training, uh, anything from beginners all the way up to uh, competitive shooting. Um, they're also the best gun store in Colorado. Uh, between a mar- massive arsenal of top-tier firearms, competitive pricing on ammunition, they're a go-to resource for newcomers and expert shooters alike. Memberships there start for as little as $25 a month and offer an arsenal of benefits beyond that, such as store-wide discounts and special access to training. Even better, what you're seeing right now is DCF Guns also has an e-commerce option, meaning you can take advantage of the awesome prices without leaving your home. Just visit dcfguns.co and start browsing. I do want to tell you that as a listener of conservative-daily.com, you get an additional 5% off everything in the store. You have to use discount code Joe. That's J-O-E. That's discount code Joe. Go to dcfguns.co and use discount code Joe. J-O-E. That's me. Or it's coffee, cup of Joe. Um, But you can go there and save an additional 5% off every single thing on the site. Um, As always, we'll keep the range hot and the deals hotter only at DCF Guns in Castle Rock and Colorado Springs and now online, available to everyone across the entire country. Isn't it fun living in bizarre world? The debate was powerful and the punditry painful for Miss Town, who has cerebral palsy. Okay, she has cerebral palsy and recalling falling on stage in front of elected officials and her boss. She said she could imagine the anxiety Mr. Fetterman might have felt about his disability being on public display. Okay, are you running for Senate? Again, it is forbidden, it's bigoted, it's ableist to expect that the people who are going to be in Senate, who are going to represent the American people, can actually speak and understand what is being said to them? Historically, many politicians with disabilities tried to hide them, like President Franklin Roosevelt, who sought to conceal his use of a wheelchair. Today, officials like Senator Tammy Duckworth and Greg Abbott of Texas use them with little fuss. Hmm. But communication-related disabilities remain deeply stigmatized. Disability rights advocates are acutely aware of the possibility that some voters will mistakenly equate difficulty speaking with difficulty thinking. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, it's not... I mean, the guy's not Stephen Hawking. Sorry. He's not. I mean, Stephen Hawking, he's like debilitated into a a piece of jelly in his chair over the last several decades. Uh, The guy's still brilliant. He can still he can articulate with a computer voice better than John Fetterman can. And he's still not running for Senate. And you know what? It doesn't matter who they are. Because everyone was literally making fun of Trump for being unable to speak, for being an idiot, for his Twitter post, for a misspelling, which, depending on how you read into that, may not have been misspellings at all, if you catch my drift. But how is it all of a sudden bigoted and ableist? They literally made fun of everything about Trump. His appearance, his children, his wife. I fear our general population still has that thought, and so I don't think a debate would probably was probably the best platform 
for him, said Josie Badger, who runs a youth development consulting firm and legislative advocacy training program for dis- for disabled Pennsylvanians. She added, what an amazing opportunity for him to share empowerment with others with disabilities. Okay, but is this the platform for him? They don't think a debate is the best platform for him? Maybe Senate is not the best platform for him. I fear our generally our general population still has that thought, and so I don't think a debate was probably the best platform for him. He is continuing to get speech therapy, it goes on, which experts say is a standard treatment for auditory processing disorder. Experts also say such disorders often improve over time. Good. Again, I hope the guy recovers. I hope he does well. I really do. Let him get speech therapy. Let him recover. Let him do it outside of the Senate. Let, it do it, let him do it privately. Not representing the American people where he has uh, a massive sway over the direction of this nation. In one of the most critical times in this nation. How about we do that? I do not think that's too much to ask. Unless, of course, you're the mainstream media and the radical left. Unless, of course, you're the deep state who does not care who actually votes for who or how qualified they are. Biden, Harris, uh, Newsom. I mean, all these people. AOC, you know, little actress, the bartender actress, the bartending actress, the acting bartender. Who knows? I wonder how she identifies. Is this really the point? And we have a clip from Majority Report. And this is Sam Cedar, and I'm not really familiar with Sam Cedar, but let's play it real quick. After having the stroke, and there was actually a piece in um, in the New Yorker that goes really deep into it, or it's actually sorry, New York Magazine, written uh, called it's called the vulnerability of John Fetterman, but it's really a, a positive piece, and it's uh, written, Rebecca Traister, written yeah, written by Rebecca Traister. I'll read you an expert excerpt uh, from that in a second, but just take a look at how this was framed uh, in this NBC interview where uh, John Fetterman sat down with uh, an NBC reporter who uh, Dasha Burns is Dasha right. Burns yeah. and, and uh, Lester Holt like intro. This is kind of the this is the going into it uh, where Lester talks to Lester Holt talks to her a little bit beforehand and then they go into some excerpts. And that, I think, is one of the more clarifying um, interactions to even before the interview itself. Right. Um, and basically, Fetterman had to to use a trans some transcription software so he could be clear about what she was saying. And this is how. They choose to frame that interview and leave it off. Another pivotal Senate race in Pennsylvania, now considered a toss-up. Our Dasha Burns spoke with Democrat John Fetterman in his first in-person sit-down interview since he suffered a stroke. And Dasha, this was not a typical candidate interview. No, Lester, because of his stroke, Fetterman's campaign required closed captioning technology for this interview to essentially read our questions as we asked them. And Lester, in small talk before the interview without captioning, it wasn't clear he was understanding our conversation. Can voters trust that you will be able to do this job on day one? Yeah, of, of course. 
This is Pennsylvania Democratic Senate candidate John Fetterman's first in-person sit-down interview since a stroke sidelined him from the campaign trail for months. That auditory processing where I'll I'll hear someone speaking, but sometimes it'll be uh, precise on what exactly that they're saying. I use captioning. His campaign required that he be allowed to use a transcription program on his computer during our interview. I always thought it was pretty empathetic, uh, uh, emphatic. Uh, I think I was very, excuse me, empathetic. Uh, you know, that's an example of the stroke, empathetic. Yeah. I, I always thought okay, it was very empathetic. It. So this is really disgusting because he was open and transparent about his, ne- and she, they, they're, they're clear about it, right? In the small talk before, he, it wasn't clear he understood what I was saying. Yeah, he's having some gaps in his thought right now. That's why he used the damn transcription technology. And, it's ableist. And, and I don't know, often point that out, but the <laughs> framing of this is gross. And- the framing of your whole segment there was gross. Ableist? No, it's not about... I'm sorry, the world, the world is not fair. Politics certainly are not fair. Um, so you just say, it's ableist, it's gross. It's gross to expect the people to accept someone like this. This entire election cycle has been gross. I mean, what's gross is these, these completely corrupt pieces of garbage you get out, and we're supposed to accept that. They get off the hook... They commit unbelievable level of, of crime and uh, screw over the American people. They've destroyed the economy, all of these things. And they completely get off the hook. We're told that we're just supposed to suck that up while Americans are actually suffering. And then on top of that, we have the one way, the one true way we are supposed to be able to affect the direction of our nation by electing people who we believe will best represent us and will be able to do the job effectually. You know, again, this, this idea of competition, which the mainstream media and the, the communists and the soy boys and the little, uh, you know, these little brilliant individuals like Sam Cedar think is so ableist is that we want people who, are, uh, who can compete, you know, in the, in the context of politics because them doing so represents our ability by electing them Something that doesn't really happen very often anymore. You know, electing them, not them being selected. That is how we have a voice in our nation. And them being able to compete there and actually fulfill that role, that is very much reflective of how well our wishes, our interests are going to be respected and then implemented in the government of the United States, which is completely corrupt, and we all know that. But again, so you have... The mainstream media says, nope, he's totally fine. It's all good. He can compete. You have how disabled Americans feel about it. It's not disabled Americans. It's a bunch of people who run these organizations, these NGOs, who want you to think that the disabled people felt a certain way, and therefore we should tolerate this insanity. And then, you know, a little social justice warrior, Sam Cedar, saying it's ableist and gross. You people are ableists. Pennsylvania Lieutenant Governor Fetterman's wife, Giselle Fetterman, would love there to be an apology from NBC News to the disabled community for the treatment of her husband's health surrounding a recent interview with the Democratic Senate candidate. Fetterman voiced outrage at the network after reporter Dasha Burns noted her 53-year-old husband struggled with small talk and required closed captioning to assist in his interview last week, comments that set off a firestorm of backlash. We don't want our Senate candidates, we don't want our politicians to have to be plugged into something to be able to speak 
or to be able to know what is going on around them. This is crucially important. Is it, am I the only one who sees how ridiculous these are? These people are such lying, deceitful, evil little pricks. I would love to see an apology towards the, dis the disability community from her and from her network for the damage they have caused. This is not about the disability community. I'm sorry to tell you guys. This is the same diversion, just like they did the, you know, minority diversion for BLM as they were destroying cities and completely acting criminally. It's not about that. It's not about that. It's about voters. It's about the American voters and about the direction of America. It's not about the disability community. If, as intersectional as they want to make all of this, John Fetterman having a speech disability because he had a stroke. Sorry, brother. Truly. Is it like, do, do we also need to, we need to make sports? We need to make, uh, you know, basketball and soccer? Like, you, are we ableist because someone can't run as fast? Or because they have some disorder that makes them unable to compete at the highest levels of some given domain? The disability community. They want to make this all about the disability community, about some some poor people, some some victims somewhere. It's about voters. It's about the election. All of this is about the election. We deserve people who can actually serve in office, and we deserve to have a say in who those are. During some of those conversations, before the closed captioning was rolling, it wasn't clear he could understand what we were saying, Burns explained while promoting the interview. Facing accusations of ableism, she defended her reporting, insisting she pushed for transparency and was not commenting on the candidate's fitness for office. During the interview, John Fetterman explained that he had trouble processing auditory remarks, but was able to comprehend conversations through transcriptions. He, Fetterman was among those to accuse Burns of being ableist and demanded, here's the kicker, guys, demanded consequences for her comments on her husband's ability to field small talk. So they label Sasha Burns an ableist, and then Fetterman demanded consequences, along with others, for her comments on her husband's ability to field small talk. Demand consequences for speaking a very clear, evident truth, for saying out loud that the guy has problems speaking? Again, he's running for Senate. My God. They go on and they say more about, uh, you know, he suffered a stroke. Oh, and then, of course, uh, though his doctor said in early June the candidate is fit to serve in the Senate, Fetterman has since had lingering speech, et cetera, et cetera. How do they know that he's fit to serve? How at this point do they know that he's fit to serve? Now they know that he's fit to serve? But by what metric? That he, I mean, he's plugged into computers to be able to understand. He can't get through an interview without software. I mean, is this, I mean, is this a weird nod to transhumanism? Like, may, maybe this is the back door. This is, this is a backdoor approach that they're going to tell us that, <laughs> that we all need to plug, be plugged into the Internet to speak anymore. This is a, just another example. People tell the truth. It's the same. This is just a, a weird uh, escalation. This weird 
evolution of what they've been doing to people who are speaking about election fraud, who are speaking about the COVID agenda, about the shots killing people, about masks not making sense, about Fauci being a liar, about the Hunter Biden laptop, about Joe Biden's complete inability to form a sentence as well. You know, the high, the most powerful person in the world, supposedly. People speaking truth are now punished. They deserve consequences. Again, demanded consequences for her comments on the truth. Translation, deep, spa- deep state translation. Fetterman was among those to accuse birds of being an ableist. So Fetterman didn't like that she called him out very clearly for what he couldn't do. Demanded consequences for her comments. Translation, demanded consequences, punish them for speaking the truth. That is all this is. And that's really, we're talking a lot about Fetterman, but that's what this is about. This has now gone so long that people who clearly speak the truth deserve to be punished, even in such a ridiculous instance such as this. Just like 81 million votes, you're a QAnon, you're a conspiracy theorist, an election denier, tinfoil hat wearing, MAGA, KKK, evil bigot. This is the entire narrative. That's all they have. This is all they have. More punishment for people who speak the truth. Why? Because disabled people feel so. It's sad, guys. Please, guys, apologize for tell for apologize for telling the people what they can clearly see with their own eyes that my husband can't speak out loud that he can't understand understand english (laughs) and of all people guys here's where it gets funny of all people chris cuomo actually gave us a little bit of truth maybe did he switch sides guys who knows maybe chris cuomo's decided to become a white hat not really So let's go to the real people who are going to be voting in Philadelphia. We have Republican, Democrat, and Independent, all of whom were undecided before this debate, and they're very happy with themselves. And I am happy to have them here. Let's start with Juliana. Juliana, do you hear me? Hi, my name is Juliana. Um, I am a conservative undergraduate student, and I previously came into this very undecided um, due to the issue of abortion rights. A major concern for me is the sanctity of human life, and I do believe that conception starts at, um, or that life starts at conception. Um, I do also want the least amount of government federal intervention in our public and private affairs as possible, um, but I also do believe that Oz Boom. is not mitigating the rights or beliefs of either side based on his opinion um, in the debate. So I believe that if people want um, to, ha- to have the right to choose, I think that should apply to every opinion, um, regardless of if they agree with it or if they do not agree with it. So who are you voting Thank for? You. Thank you. Who are you I'm voting for us. Okay, and it doesn't bother you, um, Juliana, just a quick follow and then we'll go to somebody else. Uh, does it bother you that he's changed his opinion? Yeah. That when he first started talking about reproductive rights, he talked about all the horrible outcomes that he had seen and how important it is that women have uh, access to care and to be able to make these choices. And that as he's become more political, he's moved farther and farther to the right with where he is now. Does that bother you or make you question uh, the integrity of the position? Honestly, it does not bother me. I think that everyone should be able to shift their opinion as new knowledge comes out and as they listen to other people. I mean, I've listened to both perspectives, and I agree with both of them um, to an extent. So, you know, it's a difficult decision either way. And, you know, as a politician, of course, that's going to happen. But, um, no, I, I do believe that as information comes out, he should be able to and probably should shift his opinion. 
Thank you. Good argument. Appreciate you. Yeah, it's uh, a human way. It is. It really is. Next voter is... Well said. And keep in mind, these are actual voters in Pennsylvania. Because remember, remember earlier we showed you that CNN told us that this really isn't going to change much, right? This isn't actually going to change anything because people already, people already made up their minds. Hundreds of thousands have already voted, right? Translation, we don't care. And we're going to vote for you. Let's keep going. Nadja, Nadja, can you hear me? Hi, yes. <laughs> How you doing? So my Tell name me about is Nadja, yourself. And I'm a Democrat. Tell me about yourself. I'm a mom of three. Um, I have a podcast, and um, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what do you think now after the debate? I'm definitely, I'm definitely erring on the side of Fetterman. Um, I thought it was really brave of him to come out there dealing with what he's dealing with. My grandma had two strokes, um, and she can still make amazing mac and cheese. Um, I think it's important that we see people in their human state. It is the, that is the human way to have strokes. Wait a second. I got to go back. <laughs> All right. Tell me, is this how we judge Senate candidates now? My grandma had two strokes, um, and she can still make amazing mac and cheese. Oh, maybe Fetterman can make mac and cheese while he can't understand what's going on the Senate floor. Oh, thank goodness. Thank God for democracy. Um, I think it's important that we see people in their human state. It is the, that is the human way is to have struggles, your own struggles. So um, I really felt what he was going through, and I, um, I just I felt like that was probably the best choice for me. So you believe what is in his head it was. And, and in his heart is intact, and the way he was speaking is just a function of what he's dealing with, and that's acceptable to you? Oh, yes, because there's therapy. Lots of it. <laughs> All right. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you for watching. Please go to NewsNationNow.com. News... <laughs> so, okay, he actually showed some voter reactions that were a bit critical. But don't get too invested in Mr. Cuomo yet. Not yet. Uh, because there was one voter reaction that he decided to scrub. We actually had to pull it from a Crowder video. Because it is no longer present on YouTube that we can see. So let's listen to this voter reaction. So I was definitely, uh, I'm an independent, by the way. I was definitely leaning towards Fetterman. And I think I have totally changed to the Oz side. Why? I felt that um, Fetterman, I felt that Fetterman just looked like he didn't have command of the facts. I do think his condition, unfortunately, is going to affect his ability to do the job. I thought Oz uh, was pretty clear on the issues, um, and I thought he presented himself well and uh, definitely threw out some plans where I didn't see any plans coming out of Fetterman. Oh, okay. So, so far, we're two for one. Again, this one got scrubbed. I wonder why. Because he's actually talking unlike the, you know, the nice young woman speaking about her grandmother and... You know, we all we, we should have sympathy for those who have problems like this. I, I, my grandparents have had several strokes, and it, it really is uh, difficult. My grandmother can hardly speak anymore. Uh, yeah, I mean, she speaks in word word salad, can't remember words. Um, so I understand what it I understand what it looks like. And that one young woman, as nice as she is, 
She said, well, there's therapy. Yeah, there is. Please go get it somewhere else. Please do not tell us that you are able to represent the American people in the Senate while you get therapy. Go get your therapy and then come back when you can play. It's like, it's like a sports team. If you blow your knee out, we don't need to put you in a brace and have you go through therapy as you can't perform on the playing field. Go get your stuff figured out and then come back and maybe you can play on the team. It's pretty simple. And I understand where she's coming from. I don't think that the fact that her grandmother can make mac and cheese is really a good indication of whether or not John Fetterman can represent us in the Senate. But, again, that's what happens when you're led by emotions. The last one that they decided to scrub from the Internet and Cuomo didn't want anyone to see afterwards, that's pretty common sense, right? Because he's actually uh, referring to plans that we would like to see in the Senate, which might help Americans. Because that's really what this is about. This is about the voters having the nation respect their interests, having this country do something for them as they are told to pay for everything under the sun, as we are you know, continually being robbed, as they send more millions of dollars over to Ukraine on top of the billions that they already, that they already have. This is, not, this is not a partisan thing. This is just common sense. Just like the poll, the Siena poll, where they said that, uh, for instance, just independent women, 18-point swing, because suddenly, when things start to get hard, these social issues and feelings, like the perceived injustice you may have of being forced to carry a child for an act that you almost always carry out willingly by yourself of your own volition. You know, of course, there, we won't get in, into that uh, longer conversation. But <clears throat> that suddenly doesn't matter when you can't afford to pay the bills. That suddenly doesn't matter when people realize that these policies are destroying their ability to live their own lives and provide for themselves and their families. Suddenly the economy becomes a bigger issue than abortion, which is a good thing to see, and praise God for that. People start to see that the impact the government has had in stealing everything from themselves or from, from us and devaluing everything that we do earn, suddenly that's a bigger issue than the right to end human life because it's inconvenient or because it's stressful. So, more Oz, how about a doctor? We've heard repeatedly that Fetterman is so able and fit to serve in the Senate. And Cuomo does, in fact, redeem himself a little bit. He brings an actual doctor, and the doctor does not help the radical left's narrative. That's it for part one of this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. Part two is coming up next, and you don't want to miss it. Thanks for listening. God bless America.